Welcome to the Centro Church Podcast. To find out more about Centro Church, please visit us at centrochurch.com.au or download our smartphone app today. And uh, hopefully that uh, you've um, completed your Christmas shopping, uh, at least started it anyway, right? And uh, checked your list and uh, figured out who you, know, who you owe and who you don't. And... Uh, who you're buying for and who's not going to make it this year. Do you ever drop anyone off? You look like, did you buy a present for someone last year you're not getting for this year? You don't have to answer that. Uh, or do you ever find yourself, you know, like a Christmas card, you know? Uh, who will I send Christmas cards to? And you think, oh, look, I haven't heard from them in a long time. Nah. Uh, drop them off. Put, put, put someone on. Um, it, it, it's quite a build-up, isn't it, this time of year? You know, there's parties to attend. There's functions to put on. There's uh, presents to purchase. There's uh, all kinds of things that, that our, our mind and our heart has to attend to. And there's quite a pressure around the expectation of getting uh, the right present for somebody that's an absolute surprise. You know, I understand surprising somebody, but getting them what they want that's a surprise. You know, I can buy you something that's a surprise, but you probably, really, probably don't really want it. But to get you exactly what you want and make it a surprise is quite a trick. It's quite an intimate thing to know what somebody really wants and then be able to provide it for them uh, without their knowledge. Uh, you've got to decide, you know, who you're going to have around, who you're not going to have around, and you synchronize calendars to see if you can get the most people in the one place at the one time. It really is a labor of Hercules to try to make all of these components of Christmas Day kind of work uh, together. And it doesn't really matter where you are, you know, in terms of your, uh, your Christmas list over these next seven days. It doesn't matter how many things there are ticked off. There are still houses to be cleaned, you know, yards to be mowed and trimmed, uh, presents to be wrapped. And how many know the food just doesn't cook itself, but there's an awful lot to do over the next seven days. So I won't keep you long tonight. Um, I, I do want to drop in on this Christmas story because it is the most wonderful time of the year we've been talking about. The most wonderful time of the year, not necessarily because of what's happening right now in our lives or what's happening right now in the world, but the most wonderful time of the year because of what's happened, because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And Luke 2 verse uh, 10 brings us right in the middle of the Christmas story where it says this, it, 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 there's a whole bunch of shepherds, the baby's just been born and, the, uh, and all of a sudden in the night sky it says the angel of the Lord appears uh, among them and the radiance of the glory uh, of the Lord's glory surrounds them and they were terrified. Everyone say terrified. terrified. You'd be terrified. If you were out, you know, in, the, in a paddock somewhere, mind your own business, and all of a sudden E.T. turned up, right? An extraterrestrial being all of a sudden right there. This is not something that the shepherds are used to. The shepherds don't think God likes them. They're not allowed in the temple. Those who are close to God have shunned the shepherds. But all of a sudden, this, you know, God creature, this angel appears to them and says, I bring you good news that will that will bring great joy to all people now that is a humongous phrase i bring you good joy that's going to bring i should say i bring you good news that's going to bring you great joy to all people uh that's an all-encompassing little phrase the savior yes the messiah the lord has been born today in bethlehem in the city of 
David. Good news, great information. Uh, the word we use, gospel, comes from this concept, this idea of good news. It's, this is a good story. Now, a baby being born 2,000 years ago, how's that a good story really today? I mean, babies being born are good stories for mum and dad and maybe grandma and grandpa, some uncles and aunties, maybe brothers, but outside the immediate family, you know, when someone comes to you and they say, a baby's been born, seriously, it's, oh, that's great, yeah, exciting, I'm pleased for you. Uh, it doesn't necessarily kind of fill you with great joy if you're outside of the immediate family, if you know what I'm saying. Like it's good and you smile and you try to share their excitement. But a baby that was born, you know, like 30 or 40 years ago, that kind of doesn't move your emotions much, does it really? I mean, like I was born 50, what is it, 54 years ago? No one comes up to me and goes, oh, Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. You know what I mean? Like, like when I was born, I caused my mother great joy believe it or not you know uh, and, and you know my father was excited my grandparents uh but but you know today it's like oh so you're born big deal we all were you know what i'm saying like hard to maintain that that sense of emotion like two thousand years after the time it happened and and good news what is good news think about this with me for a moment did you come here tonight thinking oh I can't wait to hear what this guy's got to say you know he's going to have good news because good news is something we want to hear um if someone was to I don't know uh, if, if you're at, uh, at at university or at school or something and the lecturer came in you're there for your exam lecturer, lecturer came in and said listen no exams just I'm going to pass everybody now is that good news is that good news that's good news better news than the baby was born 2,000 years ago right <laughs> to the average person I, I mean if if you were in that classroom and you heard that that would fill you with all kinds of joy I would imagine imagine that if you heard that the um the boxing day sales were not going to start to the 27th of December except for you and on the 26th of December you had the whole run of the injury police shopping center just to yourself no one else was allowed in the place and you got, a, you got a head start on every one of the discounts that was going to be available after Christmas Day. Would that be good news? Not, not, not good news? That's great news. Yeah, that's great news. I'm really, you get a car park at least, right? Exactly. How many know you? I ain't going because I can't be bothered trying to find a car park. But that's good news. Um, if you got pulled over by a policeman somewhere, I don't know, and, and he said you were speeding, you know, you're going, uh, I don't know, let's say you're going 80, um, let's say, let's, maybe not that fast, let's say you're going 106 or 102 in a, in, a, in, a, uh, in a 90 zone, so just 12 k's over the speed limit, you know, and he said that's going to cost you, you know, $250, whatever it is, and two points, three points, whatever it is, but you know, it's Christmas, so I'm going to let you off, that's good news. You leave that moment filled with great joy. This is good news. If someone came to you and you had a long lost relative who'd passed away and you got this letter in the mail this week that said you've just been left a million dollars. Now that's good news. That got a few people more sort of excited. Now you're talking about kind of money here. Uh, uh, but, but a baby being born in a manger, nah, you know, is it good news? I bring you good news. A baby was born. Yeah, born every day. Born every five minutes. Born every minute. Like, 
is that really good news to people? And I'm not even sure people uh, associate good news with coming to church. I mean, what kind of message do you expect to hear coming to church? You know, sort out your life, straighten up, you know, thou shalt not, get yourself together, turn over a new leaf. I don't know whether people kind of think that's good news or not. I think most people don't. I don't think the message, thou shalt not do anything, is communicated, is received as good news by anybody. Now, every religion has, has its list of what you know uh, you can and cannot do and how that helps you and why that should be good news. But, but I don't think the average punter kind of perceives it as good news. And yet the angel says to these shepherds 2,000 years ago, I'm giving you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That is a phenomenal statement. And I I want us to um, think about it tonight for just about 10 minutes or so from the point of view of one of the stars of the Bible. His name is John. Um, John walked with Jesus for, you know, the whole time he was, he was ministering on the earth for three and a half years or whatever. And, uh, and then all of the disciples were murdered except for John. And so John is the oldest person who was one of the original 12. Could you imagine how popular he would have been in the churches, right? I mean, could you imagine if we had someone here tonight that actually had been with Jesus, who was there, who was part of feeding the 5,000, who was in the boat when Peter walked on the water? I mean, for these... For John, it wasn't just a story. For John, it was an experience. And so you can imagine wherever he went, right, that that people would flock to him to hear the stories of Jesus because Jesus has now been dead for several decades, but John is still alive. He was part of the inner inner sanctum, the holy three, if you will. Peter, James, and John who were on the top of the mountain and saw Jesus transfigure. Peter, James, and John were in the room when Jairus' daughter came back from the dead. Peter, James, and John, they were were the intimate close ones to Jesus. So, So you can appreciate John has a view of this clearer than anybody John's view of Jesus is clearer than anybody's because John spent more time with him than anybody and of course as I said the other day uh, at the cross Jesus said to John behold your mother at the cross Jesus gave his mother to John to look after in her old age so that's how close they were that he could he could labor uh, John with the, the the care for his mother because Jesus was uh, about to um, about to be crucified but uh, John says in his letter, chapter 20, he says, but these things are, are written so that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, uh, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, uh, you will have life by the power of his name. John writes these things so that you might believe. He doesn't write these things so that you know. He doesn't write these things to communicate information. Right? This is not some kind of historical account. John writes these things so that you might believe. Anyway, he's writing an account of a uh, secret rendezvous between Jesus and Nicodemus. And and all of a sudden, John blurts this out. It's kind of like it hits him, you know. He's writing away and he remembers Nicodemus and Jesus and he's writing it down. And then he gets this, this profound moment of inspiration where, I don't know, he gives what is probably uh, the best known passage of of literature uh in in human history probably uh we know it as john three sixteen. i mean it's so well known 
that at the Olympic Games, they just hold up a sign, John 3.16. Don't say what it says, they just hold up the address and thinking that the, even the address will carry, an informa- carry, the, carry the, the idea. Uh, that's how profound these, these few words are. And, and I want us to look at them for just a few moments because they do carry with them the central meaning of Christmas. They uncomplicate Christmas in terms of what it means, in terms of the why behind the what. We'll put it up on the screen, and, and I don't even have to read it to look to, to uh, uh, quote it, and I guess none of you do really, or ma- many of you don't. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. Stay with me for 10 minutes as we just break these few thoughts down. Because it starts off with this, this radical statement. For God so loved that he gave. Now, what was so radical about that was that in this culture, right, every nation had their gods. And, and their gods were either good to them or their gods were more likely, the, uh, more often than not, uh, bad to them. Basically, the gods played and people paid. That's how it worked. And you had to try to keep God happy. You know, you had to placate God. You had to satisfy God. And, you know, you don't want to get too uh, gory tonight. But they even literally sacrificed babies to somehow placate their gods, right? So they, they, the idea is that there's, there's this temperamental God in heaven and, you know, he does all kinds of weird and strange things. And if there's an earthquake, well, God's getting us. If there's a, a storm like we had this afternoon, then, you know, that's God's displeasure with us. And everything was God's anger or pleasure with us. That's how they saw the world. They did not see a God that loved. They did not see a God that gave. They saw a God that judged and a God that took because he was God. Why would he give? If you were God, you wouldn't give. In the Roman culture, power was about, was about acquisition. It was, not about, it was certainly not about giving. If you had power, you took what you wanted from whomever you wished. That was what power was all about. And our God, Jupiter, was the, was the Roman God, by the way. Jupiter, he was the ultimate taker, just like the, you know, anybody in power would be. And so Jupiter, he ruled. And, and if, you know, if we had good crops, then we'd give some to Jupiter. Thanks, Jupiter. Hope you're okay with us. And, and we'd take another nation and then we'd introduce them to our God because our God is stronger than your God. That's why we've just beaten you. And, and it was all about keeping the gods happy. And into this culture, into this accepted thought, this, this understood idea, John writes this profound concept. There's a God of love, who gives and the idea had never really been understood or thought before in human history man was was on a on a on a journey of trying to satisfy god and and what did he give for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son god gave a gift worthy of god see Uh, What you give somebody says as much about you as it says about them. The gift that I give you is a worthy gift of somebody in my position to give. What would a God give us? If you were to receive a gift from some rich and powerful person, you're, you're not just going to get some, you know, cheap Christmas card. You'd expect a gift that somehow reflected the kind of person that they were 
we got a gift from God and the gift that we got reflected the gift that he was. I don't know how many of you remember a fellow by the name of, have heard of him, Napoleon Bonaparte, but Napoleon Bonaparte was riding his horse into, um, into Paris and there was a beggar on the side of the road and he took these gold coins and he threw them at the beggar and his offsider said to him, but um, Napoleon, you know, a, a, a couple of uh, bronze coins would have done. Why did you give him gold coins? He doesn't need gold coins. He doesn't deserve gold coins. But Napoleon says, Napoleon only gives gold because I give what reflects who I am, doesn't reflect his need. God gives a gift that reflects who he is. He gives his only begotten son, the most valuable asset of heaven. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. And then into the story comes you. In, into the, into the, the, the narration, into the narrative now comes you and I. Because it's whosoever, whoever, red, yellow, black, white, female, male, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, sick, uh, healthy, it doesn't matter. Whoever, anybody at any time can now enter into the story. Um, okay, that's no worries, not a problem. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, what does it mean to believe? I've got this little helper here to try to help communicate this. It's only going to take a couple of moments. Because you might say, well, I, I, how do I get this, this, this gift of Jesus Christ, this gift of eternal life? Um, the answer is to believe. Well, you might say, well, I believe in Santa Claus. Yeah, uh, that's not going to get you anything. I hate to break, your, <laughs> hate to break it to you. <laughs> Uh, you might say, I believe in love. You know, might say, I believe in the Himalayan mountains. You know, there's a whole bunch of people believe in a whole lot of stuff. Do you believe in God? Well, you know, there's a whole lot of people believe in God. Something like, I don't know, it's 70% of the population believes in God. Is 75% of the population receiving eternal life? Well, here's the answer. I'm not going to say yes or no, but you've got to understand this word, pastreo, this, this, this Greek word, believe. Um, in this language, there was no difference, by the way, uh, between the word believe and trust. They were interchangeable. So I might say to you, I believe this stool can hold my weight. I believe it. I'm sure of it. I have confidence in it. But the stool does me no good if all I do is believe it. If all I do is go, I'm confident in the fact, uh, I, I'm sure just check it out there and yeah, no, that seems good. That's all good quality. And uh, I know that's a good, a good solid piece of, uh, piece of furniture there. That's not going to let me down. I, I know that would, that would hold my weight. But um, nothing happens until I transition my weight. And this is, see, if we can have that verse up there again, I want to show you something. That scholars tell us the first time in, um, in literature history that these two words appear together believe in um, uh, scholars tell us those two words have never been put together before believe in ace the word is it actually means towards you might believe about um, but not believe in this this was a whole new idea and it simply means this. I'll make it really, 
uncomplicated. It simply means that I don't just believe it, but I actually show my trust by putting my weight on it. Basically, what it says is this, that for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave the most precious gift that, he could, he, that, uh, that any imagination could comprehend. He gave his only begotten son, that whoever shifts their trust, now this is, this is the cruncher, whoever shifts their trust from them to him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The question's not, do you believe in God? Because I could, you know, I could give a case for a supreme being. But you, you might say, yes, I believe in a supreme being. I believe in a God. You might even say, I believe that the baby Jesus was born as a historical fact. But that's not the question. You might even say you believe in the resurrection. So does Satan. He was there. <laughs> the question is, have you transitioned your weight onto Jesus that's what that means to believe in what believe in means that I believe towards or my weight moves from my legs to the legs of the stool and what happens if you do it he says that whoever does whoever does this shall not perish but have eternal life what's eternal life because everyone's gonna live forever anyway right whether you believe, whether your weight's on Christ or whether your weight's on your own, your own strength, your own legs, you're going to live forever anyhow because the, the soul is eternal. So what does that mean, eternal life? Because everyone has eternal life. Um, we believe that the soul knows no end. So what is this talking about? Whoever believes in him should not perish because no one's going to perish. We're all going to have some kind of eternal experience the answer to that is found in john chapter 17 and verse 2 where jesus in his high priestly prayer says for you granted him authority over all people that he might have that that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him now this is eternal life what is eternal life here it is defined by jesus himself now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent eternal life is equated to the knowledge the intimacy the understanding of God eternal life is not just that you're gonna you know uh, have some kind of experience that knows no end because that is the case of everybody who's transitioned their weight to Christ and those that haven't what he means by eternal life is eternal life is for those people who, are, uh, who have relationship. They are in intimacy. They, they have this kind of, I'm walking with him. Uh, John said in, his, uh, in, his, in the first chapter, chapter 1 and verse 12, he said, Yet to all who have received, to those uh, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. There's the idea again. You believe, you become his child. You believe, you have a relationship with him. Just like you have a, a child might have a relationship with their father, you know, in, in, a, in a pristine circumstance. So you have a relationship with your father in heaven. You receive, let me put it in just a few words. God loved, God gave. We believe and we receive. God loved, God gave. We believe, we 
receive. Now my question to you tonight is how can that be anything but good news? How can that be bad news? How can that be uh, kind of, you know, whatever news? That, 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 is, that is anything but pedestrian. That is anything but also ran. That, if it's true, is the most amazing news that any individual could ever comprehend that they were loved by God, that God gave them, and all they have to do is, is, is take their trust, place it in Him, and they shall receive. And it's just like to nail the idea home. It's just like John's writing this, and he, he just wrote that verse that was going to become the number one piece of written, perhaps, literature ever, ever in human history. People would know that better than anything. And, and, and he, he nails it home, he keeps writing under this incredible inspiration. For he said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You see, if you've ever felt condemned by the church, then that's the church, but it's not Jesus. Jesus did not come to this earth to shake his finger. He didn't come to this earth to go, now, 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 stop it. Now, 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 quit it. Do something better with you. He didn't come to this world to load anybody with guilt, condemnation, or you know some kind of moral ought. He came to this world to save them. He came to this world that, that through him they might understand walking with God. Why did he die, do you think? Why did Jesus, why did the baby have to grow up and die? I mean, couldn't God just have said, you know, said to Jesus, you know, go down there, look at all the people and just say, I love you all. You're all forgiven. Amen. Go home. Be merry. <laughs> why did he, why do we have to have all this blood and gut stuff? You know, why do we have to have the crown of thorns? And why do we have to have the soldiers putting the nails in and all of the horrific scene? Because it's a, it's a, it's a really butcherous kind of you know uh, uh, bloody mess really isn't it that this whole crucifixion thing why did he have to go through with it again let me make it real simple if you've ever wondered why this had to happen why he had to die do you know love is, is only communicated uh, in one way uh, words yeah you can tell someone you love them but frankly People tell other people they love them all day, every day. And whilst it's not a bad thing, words can be cheap. There's only one thing that shows love, and that's sacrifice. And the level of sacrifice is commensurate with the level of love. Jesus could have come and said, I love you. You're all forgiven. You know, go and live happy lives. <laughs> but he wanted to do something more. He wanted to come and to show the depth of his love. He wanted to come to show how, how much it is that he desired us. And so he came and gave a sacrifice. He gave the supreme sacrifice because his was the supreme love. He gave his only life. That's why the angel could say, without qualification, without fear of contradiction, I bring you good news. Religion will leave you never knowing where you stand with God. It'll take fear and manipulation to try to push you in a certain direction to keep you on the straight and narrow. But God comes to embrace you into a web of his love of relationship. So there's only one question tonight. If the musicians want to join me on the platform, that'd be great. There's only one question. 
and simply this where does your weight lie what's the load bearing of your life are you trusting in yourself is it like are your good deeds strong uh are you trusting in your baptism or 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 in you know your good christian heritage are you trusting in your church attendance Uh, are you trusting in your your christian walk because you try to do good things all the time where does your trust really lie you know where your trust lies of course when things start to fall apart when things are together it's pretty easy to trust yourself when things are together it's pretty easy to kind of say well you know uh, i got this sucker i got this thing together it's it's a difficult thing to do isn't it to take your trust and put it somewhere else because we're all pretty much control freaks did you know that you're a control freak <laughs> i'm a control freak i i, I you, you try to manipulate people in your world to try to keep them uh, heading in the direction that you think is right and i'm, I'm not saying that in, in a negative sense we don't manipulate people often well, sometimes we do <laughs> we manipulate people just for our own kind of selfish gain we, 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 we more often manipulate people for their own good try to keep them heading you know the right direction kind of keep try to you know get a bit of a stick here and a bit of a you know a bit of a carrot there and a, a bit of a an encouragement there and a bit of a whack along here you know keep going the right direction keep going the right direction and and and, and then we we try to control our world it's actually quite a um it's actually quite a courageous thing to say oh, I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna trust my own strength i'm not gonna trust my legs i'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna lean on him. Huh? <laughs> Am I okay? If I hit the, if I hit the deck yet, um, that's a tough thing to do. But I got to tell you this. Oh, it's so much better than <laughs> standing up all the time. You ever been standing up and finally got to sit down? Gosh, wasn't it nice? We were, in, we, were, we were in Brisbane last night at this, this light show, you know, and there's thousands of people everywhere and standing up, standing up. And I saw, I saw a little place to sit down. I thought, I'm going to sit down. And, oh, jeez. I'm so glad I sat down. <laughs> so good to sit. When you've been standing a long time, isn't it good to sit, eh? Wouldn't it be shocking? Would it almost be torturous? If I was to tell you, you're never going to sit down again. You're going to spend the rest of your life standing. You're going, to be the re- you're going to spend the rest of your life taking your own weight on your own pegs. There's nothing you can do about it. That's how most people live. Isn't it any wonder they're stressed out? Isn't it any wonder they're tired? Isn't it any wonder that they're, that they're, they're, they're trying to just make it through life? What a, an amazing thing to be able to take all of the weight all of the worry, all of the pressure, all of the, all of the expectation. So you know something? Oh, I'm going to put it on Him. I'm going to rest in Him. That's what it means to believe on. Right now, I'm believing on the stool. <laughs> I said I believed it before, but nah, I believe it now. And you know something? Now I'm like this, everything changes. I've now got energy and strength to do things that before when I was standing up there. Oh, you are sitting down, looking real comfortable. I'm standing up here, carrying on. But now I'm sitting. You, you, you sit down for a while, actually changes your whole perspective. 
see things differently. All of a sudden, you're, you're rested, you're relaxed. You can do other things. You can put your energies in other, other areas. That when you're standing, standing hour after hour after hour after day after week after month after year, is there any wonder that you'd almost had enough? Let's bow our heads when I pray. <laughs> Lord, I, I know there are people in this room who have taken stuff to themselves that they should release to you. And I know that that's a scary thing. But I thank you for an angel that brought good news. And I pray, Lord, tonight that good news would come to their hearts. That good news, that they don't have to stand. That there's somebody that can take the weight All they have to do is take the courage to believe. Take the courage to transition from that standing, from that trying to control and manipulate and worry and to trusting and resting. So, you know, it's not about how good I am or how bad I am. It's not about how confident and how secure I've got my tomorrow. It's about the fact that I know my Redeemer lives. It's about the fact that I know Jesus rose from the dead and everything else is now secondary to that. That's why our heads are bowed now and our eyes are closed. <laughs> I'm just going to encourage you tonight. If, you, you know, if you're here and obviously, I don't know everybody in the room, uh, but more than that, I don't know... I know very few people's experiences. And maybe tonight, you've been taking the weight yourself. Maybe tonight, you feel that, that anxiety, that stress, that weight. Jesus says, no, no, believe towards, rest on. And just as we come to the close of this service in a few minutes... You say, yeah, I, tonight, I'm just going to take that. I'm just going to lay it. I'm going to transition the weight of that from me to him. If you, you want to do that, transact that business with Jesus tonight, if that's you, just, just, just give me a wave and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. And we're going to pray together. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe you're here and you, you, you've just come into church. Maybe you're here for the tenth time. Maybe you're here for the second time. But you've never really had that moment, that line in the sand where you said, yeah, I want to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you do believe. You're not really sure when you started believing. Maybe it was a bit of a process for you. Tonight, you just want to clarify that and say, yeah, I'm resting my soul on him. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want to include you in the prayer. The prayer I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to pray for those who just raised their hand a second ago, but I'd love to pray for you. Because Jesus is inviting you tonight. 
to come in from the heat of the day and then move from taking the responsibility yourself your own salvation putting it on him saying no I I trust in him if you're here tonight and you want to transition your trust from yourself and your circumstances to the unseen but all powerful God why we're just in this moment just so I know who to pray for just give me a wave and say yeah that's me I'm going to pray for you too that's you just give us a wave and that'd be great fantastic good on you anyone else pray after you just pray in your head you don't have to pray these words these words don't get you saved <laughs> transitioning your weight gets you saved but just pray something along the lines of Father I come to you in Jesus name now and I confess that I've done it myself gone my own way tonight I'm transitioning to your way I'm taking my weight and I'm placing it on you and I'm trusting in your hand to uphold me Lord, for those people who have come to this room tonight, Lord, carrying a burden that you could easily carry for them. Father, I pray now as we just transfer that weight from ourselves to you, that miracle of joy, of great joy that the angels spoke.